Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? I think, uh, what's it been? My, my son, my oldest son, uh, came over to help do some of the setup last night. And uh, it had been, today would have been five weeks of him stuck in the house um, and uh, never leaving our property. So he was excited just to be in the car seeing the community uh, around us again. Um, I think for a lot of us, uh, we're starting to feel it now. It's been a good while. So how are you doing? How's your family doing? Um, are you feeling the stress of what's going on? The reality is, is that there is stress. Uh, statistically, those who are experts and, and watching these things, anxiety is going up as people are concerned about the future. Uh, that leads to rises in depression, uh, where finding motivation to even get out of bed in the morning is becoming more difficult for folks. And certainly, it's sad but true, but the numbers of suicides are going up right now. If you're feeling uh, the pressure of the situation that you're in, can I just tell you that you're not alone? And, and there's not something wrong with you that, that that's something that is weighing on you and is a burden. You were made to be in fellowship with other people, to be present with other people. That's how God made you. So can I encourage you this morning that if you're feeling like, boy, I, I'm not even motivated to get out of bed in the morning, why do I even try? That's normal. But also this morning, I think what God's going to lead us to is reason to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and, and to see again and just open our eyes again that, that even while so much has changed around us, what hasn't changed is our Lord Jesus Christ and the purpose that he's given us. Um, so we're going to dig into that this morning. Now, it's perhaps uh, ironic the passage that we are getting to this morning, this is, uh, our, we're continuing through the book of Colossians. We have been, uh, uh, our theme going through this book has been growing in Christ. And I think there's any time we go through God's word that, that there's a sovereign aspect to him working in us as we open his word. And, and it wasn't an accident that last week as as we had even set out ahead of time before any of this COVID virus situation had come along and uh, that we would knew that it was going to be such an impact on our lives, God had already set that what we would be hitting last week would be the section that in the centerpiece of it is to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that would be the message for Easter as we went into this. So that's God giving us his direction through his word of what we needed to hear at that time. Now, as we're all stuck at home and, and we're feeling the stress, marriages are feeling the stress. Boy, we love each other, but boy, we've been awfully close to each other for a long time now. And maybe you'd like to go back to work or you'd like your spouse to go back to work. Um, maybe you've been a little closer to your kids than you like. <laughs> it was great for the first part, but now we're starting to get on each other's nerves. We're starting to rub each other the wrong way. As we get into God's word now, what is it talking about? Look with me in Colossians chapter 3, 
in verse 18, as we continue, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, or we can apply this in our lives to, to the, the, our workplace and those who are over us and the authorities over us. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. There's the word for us today. Let's pray before we dig into it. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you that your word doesn't pull punches. <laughs> God, that you speak exactly what we need. I, I just pray, God, that we would uh, be receptive to it, um, that we would hear your heart, we hear your instruction, your guidance, even now as uh, potentially stress is high, anxiety is high in our own experience, God, we need your direction. We need you to guide us into your word, into your peace into your purpose for our lives. God, have your hand on this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this, um, it has there, in the context in verse 24 of talking about uh, you know, serving those that you're under, in this case, it's, it's talking about uh, slaves and masters. That was something that was normal back then. It's not now. But, but certainly the same thing applies into the workplace. This is the, the relationships that we have every day. This is what he's digging into here. And, and he says there in verse 24, you are serving the Lord Christ. And that, that's fundamental to all of this. And, and the context that we're getting into this from is what we left last week. If we go back to verse, um, verse 16, Leading into it, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the, the context of this is going to be critically important for us to receive correctly the instruction that's having to do with our relationships and our marriage, or relationships with our kids, relationships at work. We need to get the context that this instruction is coming from. And this is a context where everything is to the Lord. Everything is serving the Lord Christ. Everything is in the Lord. It's the word of the Lord dwelling in us. My focus in all of this is Jesus Christ. Paul gives us a wonderful example of a life 
that is all about Jesus Christ. When, when he introduces uh, a number of his letters, he calls himself Paul, servant of Christ. Paul, bondservant of Jesus Christ. Meaning that he says, I am a slave of Jesus Christ and not just one who has been made a slave. I am one who wants to be and desires to be and the greatest thing in my life is to be considered and to be a part of Jesus Christ. I serve Jesus Christ. And so my first point for this, this morning is, is to just recognize that if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are pl- privileged to call yourself a servant of Christ. I am a servant of Christ. Let that weigh in your heart this morning. What does it mean that you are a servant of Christ? That is a title of privilege. You belong to Christ. There is power in that. Because I'm a servant of Christ, I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work He is giving me as His servant. There are countless riches attached to the statement, I am a servant of Christ. There is eternal glory attached to that statement, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. In the midst of adversity, no matter what I face, there is incredible freeing peace and rest knowing that I am cared for as a servant of Christ. I am His. Doesn't matter what I'm in, doesn't matter my situation. I belong to Him. I'm here to serve Him. There's incredible hope when I say I am a servant of Christ and soon this life is not long. Soon as a servant of Christ I will stand in the presence of my Lord Jesus Christ and everything that is the experience now will be something of the past. I am a servant of Jesus Christ. So what does that carry into waking up tomorrow morning in COVID-19 and all of the the stressors and the anxieties and everything that I'm facing as I'm starting to weigh on me? It's been a a good month or more of, of feeling everything that this has brought into my situation. Boy, in the morning... What gets me up in the morning is Jesus Christ. I am motivated by Christ. That's my first point this morning. Before we even get into the meat of this topic, we need to know that that what's behind all of this is the glory of what it means to be a servant of Jesus Christ. So when I wake up in the morning, I I can say, thank you, Lord Jesus for making me your own. Thank you for the salvation that I have in you. Thank you for the life that I have this morning and and today. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning and that, that no matter how badly I failed yesterday, 
with my family, with my wife, with my kids, and in how I handled the stresses that are currently upon us, that you have already forgiven me those things and now fresh and new and clean and washed in the Holy Spirit. And every sin that I have paid for by what you did on the cross, now, Lord Jesus, I can walk in newness today and every morning I get to wake up to that. I am motivated to serve my Lord Jesus Christ and to be able to wake up and say, reporting for duty. <laughs> Boy, it's no obligation to serve Jesus Christ. It is a joy and a privilege. If you don't know him, you're missing out on the very essence of life. Can I introduce you to him this morning? If you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know him. And perhaps this time when things are just shaken up around us is a great time to think about such things. Jesus Christ, God's son, that's what we celebrated last week was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the finished work of what he came to accomplish. He came to give his life for us so that our sins could be paid for so that we could have life, that our lives wouldn't be ruled by fear, by anxiety, by, by everything that really is what we're feeling from the world in a fresh way right now, that that wouldn't define who we are or rule our lives, but we would be ruled by the love and grace of Jesus Christ and have the hope of eternal glory with him because he's paid for our sin. We can have that simply by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and saying, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. My life I give to my Lord Jesus all right, two areas given to us right here. I am a servant of Jesus Christ, motivated by Christ in my family. That's the first part here, is we're going to focus on family. And right now, uh, as families are kind of forced to be in the boiler together, to be uh, uh, going through this in, in close proximity as we're all stuck indoors, not able to get out, um, this is a good time for us to focus on what the Lord has for us. And, and he starts here in verse 18. He says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Ladies, right now you're going, oh, great. <laughs> oh, please. But can I tell you that our reaction to these things Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do but not be harsh with them. We take these from a perspective of the framework of a world lost in sin. That's how we, we receive these and how we understand these. And so when we take these, we hear, wives, submit to your husbands. And to us, immediately, we see that as a value statement to say, somehow, wives are less valuable or less important than husbands. And let me tell you, that is not the case. Scripturally, that is not the case. There, there is glory in, in the position and role of the wife. 
In fact, in Christ, the value statement puts us all equal. There is no partiality in Christ. And even Galatians would say that in Christ, there's not Greek, there's not Jew, there's not free, there's not slave, there is not woman, there is not man. And it's talking about the value statement. There is no one greater than another in Christ. We are all equally valuable and co-heirs together in Christ. And when we see this and it says, husbands, love your wives, we take the worldly sense of love that somehow tied to that is the husbands gaining some kind of uh, uh, something out of that. That does to say this is to the benefit of husbands. Husbands, satisfy yourselves, which there is something to that, but what this is talking about is biblical love, and that's all about sacrifice. It's the love of Christ which would lay down your life for your wife. What's it talking about, wives submit to your husbands, if that's not a value statement? Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. It talks more about what this means. And understand God's heart in this. If we don't take this out of the framework of the world, of our thinking that has, we're, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the glory of what God is teaching us here. You see, God's heart in this is not to say, well, because you are a sinful man and because you are fallen, here's what I'm going to impose on you. No, not at all. What he's doing is he's pointing back to what he created marriage to be before the fall, before sin came along. There was a glorious purpose that God designed there in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve. And that marriage was a marriage that we honestly can't experience the glory of that marriage. That marriage, it, it, it was the sappiest of romance and the greatest of adventure. It was, it was anything that we say, this is, this is a glory of marriage. It, it, is, it was by far, it had intimacy. It had perfect trust. It had, it had no fear, no shame, complete openness and transparency to each other in a way that we cannot get to fully now. In our sinfulness before Christ, there was absolutely no way we could even understand it. However, now in Christ, a man and a woman are being made new in Christ with the character of Christ, and we can begin to enjoy what marriage truly is as God designed it. And that's what his heart is for us, to get to know that purpose that he put for a man, a purpose that he put for a woman in marriage so that, so that you can enjoy something that's glorious and honoring to the Lord. So try to take yourself out of the framework of where we've come from as we look into this. It says in, in chapter 3, verse 1 of 1 Peter, it says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Notice here, in all of these relationships that he's going to cover, it has nothing to do with the qualifications of those in my family to receive this from me. The power of a submissive wife is incredible. How do I know that? Because my wife, who's sitting behind that camera, 
has been an incredible submissive wife when I didn't deserve it. And the power of that, the richness of that, the glory of that in our marriage, where that has, how that's affected our marriage and where that's taken us in our marriage because she was faithful to the Lord Submissive not to me as, uh, for the qualifications that I have, but submissive as to the Lord is incredibly powerful and has changed me as a man. It has been an incredible part of our marriage. Don't miss what you have in your role, women, in, in the context of marriage. In verse 2, when they see, when that husband who's a knucklehead sees your respectful and pure conduct, that will change them. That will have an impact on them. The Lord will use that on them. It says, don't let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, you're going, yeah, right now, I don't worry about that. We're pajamas all day long. This is COVID-19. Um, but he's saying, don't, don't worry about the external. When he's talking about being submissive, he's talking about what's going to be effective in your marriage. It's going to be all about the heart. So in verse 4, he says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. When you're following God's direction in this, this is something where you are just worshiping the Lord. And you wake up in the morning, Lord Jesus, what is it that you have for me this morning? And as, as you're dealing with a husband who's imperfect, a husband who's possibly just taken all the wrong decisions and wrong directions, and, and the Lord Jesus then is leading you as a wife to be an incredible instrument in your marriage, Look to Jesus. Let this be something where you're enjoying Jesus in it. And you're getting empowered to do what he's having you to do, not by the qualifications of your husband, but by the power of the Lord Jesus working in you. It says in verse 5, For this is how the holy woman who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. He goes back and looks at Sarah and Abraham. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That doesn't mean you need to call your husband Lord. That's, a, that's ancient a context. But what do you call your husband? When you're talking about him to other people, how, how do you speak about him? In person, when you're in a conversation, is there respect? He says, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Why did he say that? Well, if I'm following a knucklehead, well, don't call him knucklehead. See, that would be exactly what not to do. But see, I'm the man. I can call you men knuckleheads. There's fear in that. Abraham was so not the perfect man. <laughs> Where did he lead Sarah? He leads Sarah. He was afraid that, uh, that as he went into a new place, that, that the leader of that country 
uh, would see his wife was so beautiful, and so he said, let's just say that you're my sister. She followed him in that. That was not a good plan. That was not him obeying the Lord, and yet she showed the glory of God's purpose in her life by even submitting when he was not following the Lord. But she was submitting to the Lord, and the Lord protected her. Right? But Abraham also believed God. Men, we need to also take the example of Abraham who trusted God. There were other times where Sarah also submitted to what Abraham wanted when Abraham was believing God and following. What, what if God like, <laughs> calls you to do something that is incredibly difficult, um, that, that there could be fear involved in it, like taking Isaac up to sacrifice him? God was leading Abraham in that, not Sarah. Sarah had to trust that God was leading her husband in what was happening. That's God's design in marriage. Why? We'll get to the why in just a second. All right, husbands, your turn. Verse seven, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Boy, we want to, from our framework, take the word weaker vessel and somehow make that to be an, a negative thing. Who God has made women to be. Who God has made our wives to be. It's a glorious, beautiful thing. And, and God has positioned a husband to fulfill a role alongside the weaker vessel to show her honor. It is an honorable thing what God has made her. And she needs that from you men. Since they are heirs with you, <laughs> if you think for a moment that any of this is a value statement to say uh, somehow in this uh, she is less important than you are, no. You honor her she is a co-heir with you of the grace of life, and you better show her honor if you want your prayers to be heard. Men, our role in this, marriage, the purpose of marriage has nothing to do with us. This is something God put together from the very beginning of the world, from the foundation of the world, to be a picture of the glory of the marriage between Christ and his church. Why is it important, ultimately, for a wife to be submissive to her husband? It's because she's showing a picture of how the body of Christ, the church, submits to Christ. That's why it's important. It shows the glory of that relationship. Why is it important, men, that we love our wives, that we sacrifice ourselves, that we, that we give up our own wants and desires and, and, and comforts in order to serve and honor our wife and to lift her up? It's because that's what Christ did. 
He went to the cross for his bride. He laid down his life. He suffered and died for his bride in order to lift her up, to make her holy and beautiful and precious in his sight. And so, men, that's why. You want to know why. For those who aren't married, marriage is an important part of what God has put into our church. You are a part of encouraging those who are married. The, every marriage within our church is a critical thing. And we need to encourage and come around each other. Whether you're, you have your own marriage or not, this is an important thing for all of us to encourage each other to say, men be men. Men, step up to being a Christ-like leader of your home. Women, show the glory of the body of Christ following Jesus in the example of what you're doing in submitting to your husband. So, Monday morning, COVID-19, we're on each other's nerves, we're waking up in the morning, let's wake up with our eyes on Christ, motivated by our relationship with Christ to say, Lord Jesus, what do you have for me to do this morning? And he wants us first to focus on our families, and boy, this is a time to focus on our families. I can tell you I haven't been perfect at it. I've been terrible at it. Um, just this past week, my wife, uh, uh, we'd, we'd woken up, had some devotions at the same time, and she said, let's read a book together. Um, all I could think was, boy, I got so much to do. Uh, I don't have time to read a book together. I don't have a time for this. And, uh, you know, she read the introduction out loud, and we did that together, but then I got to get, get on to things. And so she ended up reading the rest of the book by herself. Failure, Pastor David. Am I loving my wife? Women, right now, this is potentially a time that's difficult. As your husband, uh, who normally was the one off, Getting everything done, but off getting everything done is now very much more present. Um, that can be good and bad. That can, that can now, anything that wasn't working well between you is, is becoming evident uh, because you're in close proximity. You have such an incredible role, women, in the relationship of a marriage. Don't miss it. It's a glorious, beautiful thing. All right, kids. If you have kids around that are tuned out, gather them around the TV. Hey, children. Hello there. Get your attention. This is about you. This is the Lord Jesus speaking through his word to you. First question is, do you love the Lord Jesus? Say yes. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, speak to your parents. They can tell you about the Lord Jesus. Right now, if you're worried about anything, if you're fearful about anything, this whole COVID thing and changing your school and changing everything else, you have a Lord Jesus that knows everything that is in your heart and everything that you're worrying and care, and he wants to care for you. 
and he's got a job for you, and it's very important. It, it's something that, that even now, as, as you are dealing with all these changes, and you're wondering when your parents are gonna get off the computer so you could use Zoom, and you're wondering when you can actually play video games because your, your parents are using your devices, and, and God has a job for you. Are you ready for it? It's right here in Colossians chapter three in verse 20. He says, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Notice it doesn't say obey your parents in everything because they're always right. It doesn't say obey your parents in everything because, uh, because that's gonna make you always feel better, that it's always gonna be more fun. No. He wants you to obey them so that, that you have a life that glorifies Jesus. He wants you to show the example of Jesus who obeyed his father in everything. There's your job, kids. Obey your parents in everything. In this time, when you wake up in the morning, let that be your focus. Lord Jesus, I am ready to do your will today, and I am going to try extra hard to listen to what my parents say and be obedient and everything, that is gonna please God like nothing else you can do right now. All right, you can go back to whatever you're doing. Or pay attention, children. Continue to pay attention. All right, finally, in my family, I am a servant of Christ. I am motivated by Christ to do what he has directed me to do in my family, also in my job. Right now, uh, a big part of the stress that's going around in our country and community is the situation in our jobs. There's, there is just record numbers of uh, requests for unemployment right now because companies are feeling um, they, they can't continue to have employees when they can't open their doors. We know what's going on out there. But then there's also those who are still in a job uh, and those that are still in a job are finding extra stress because the weight of continuing to do business when you don't have everyone else who used to help you is difficult. Everyone's situation is different, but the word of God hasn't changed in how we need to treat our job situation. It says in verse 22, bond servants, and if you think, boy, I'm in the worst job situation, it can't get any worse than this, um, I suspect that your job situation hasn't gone so far that you are a slave to a master as it was here. So, so if this applies to a slave and a master, this certainly applies to simply an employee and an employer. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Like in everything, in every relationship, and everything we've talked about, it's about the heart, and it's to the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Right now, this could be an extremely difficult thing to do right now, but this could also be an incredibly freeing thing. 
Um, I know in some companies, a company I had contracted before, uh, that they've had to pare way down. They've, they've got people working for free um, just to get through this time. They, there's people I know that, that have taken incredible pay cuts while at the same time uh, their job has become incredibly more uh, difficult and stressful and much more hours being put into it. It's easy to feel resentment towards those that are above us. Even if we understand why the things are happening, it says, continue to work heartily. Work with excellence. Work with everything you have because you're not working for man. You're working to please the Lord. You are a servant of Christ. And that should come out in how you work that you're a servant of Christ. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. If you knew a month from now that that you would have just a, a windfall of, of wealth, that, that suddenly every care that you have would be taken care of and, and that riches beyond riches would suddenly be yours, how would that change your motivation and what you care about when you get up in the morning? Would you be worried about tomorrow? No, because you'd be like, well, I'd... You know, this is temporary, this is only for so long, I know what I'm looking forward to. What if even then you knew that if you really reached the bottom, you reached the end, that that same source that was going to provide you so many riches was also going to make sure that you never truly hit bottom, was going to care for your basic needs so that you would actually be able to survive and live. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. We are looking forward to incredible riches. And it's not going to be that long. This life isn't that long. And he has promised to empower us to do what we need to do now. He's promised to provide for our needs. We will survive. Is it possible to lose a house? Sure. Lose a house. Lose everything that I have. Uh, but, but if my focus is on the fact that I am going to have riches untold in Christ, and that even now I have uh, a taste of what that is, just even in my relationship with Christ, and I know that the power of God is providing for me now, why should I be anxious about tomorrow? If we dwell on Jesus Christ, listen to me right now. If you haven't heard anything else, this is so important because right now there's so many of us that are, are dealing with anxiety. It's real. Dealing with depression, that's very real. Even considering suicide, that's very real. But if we turn our attention and choose to dwell on Christ and, and, uh, and uh, just start thinking about what we have as a servant of Christ, Say, okay, Lord, my reason to get up this morning is not going to be to try to battle out on my own those things that are stressors in my life to try to survive one more day, but it's going to be simply to serve you, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to think about even right now what I have in you, what I have to look forward to when I'll see you one day face to face. 
I heard uh, an expert this past week say that it's impossible humanly to simultaneously have anxiety and gratitude. If I dwell on Jesus and in faith I trust what he has promised me and I just, I choose to to dwell there to to get away from things and have time with Jesus, that is going to help just light a fire of gratitude and thankfulness. God has said, be thankful. That's his grace in our lives, knowing how we're made to say, look to me, set your hope in me, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Now, here's what I have for you to do today. And, and rather than being stressed with, with my marriage, with, with other relationships in my household as, as we're just in tight quarters with, with my kids and, and with my job and all of those things, instead, I can just take a step back, holding on to my Lord Jesus and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? How can I serve my wife? How can I serve my husband? How do I serve my kids? Oh, I missed that part. Us to our kids. Don't provoke. Fathers, dads, that you don't get off easy. You need to sacrifice yourself for your wives and you need to not be provoking your children. It's especially important at this time. That was in there as well. But how do we, how do, we do that? We do that holding on to what we have in Jesus well, right now, as, as everything is just shaken up, perhaps God has a purpose in it to bring us back to focus on the things that he cares about. Maybe we were too busy before. Maybe we were so separated in different worlds between husband and wife and kids, and, and, and even in our jobs, we were, we were missing what God cares about most those relationships so let's take this time as we're all going through COVID together to focus on what Jesus has for us let's worship together Joey can you hit the button
by the power of your word I am restored I am redeemed and by your spirit I am free and I will fall at your feet oh I will servant king the suffering servant and king of all kings God help me tomorrow morning to wake up falling at your feet 
to worship you, Lord Jesus, as I father, as I am a husband, as I serve you, Lord Jesus, in what you've given me to do. Te damos gracias, Señor, por darnos la oportunidad de caer a tus pies. Te damos gracias porque todas las mañanas tus misericordias son nuevas y porque todas las mañanas tenemos la oportunidad de, de honrarte y adorarte y aparte de eso de vivir en tu presencia, Señor, porque tú habitas en, nuestro, en nuestros cuerpos. God, I want to lift up uh, this morning every person who's feeling anxiety and feeling the pressure of the current situation, God, that you would bring your peace into households. God, if someone is feeling uh, isolated and alone, that they would know that they're not alone. God, I just pray that you would uh, comfort and, and bring your presence into homes. God, show people how to connect, <laughs> even if it's, it's Zoom or anything else, God. But, but to connect with others so, God, they can make it through and, and hold each other up through this time. Padre, Señor, te pido que con toda la gente en sus hogares, en, este, en estos tiempos difíciles que están sintiendo ansiedades, que puedan todos recurrir a ti, que podamos entrar en sus hogares por medio de estos medios y, uh, y traer tu palabra que seamos recibidos en, en todos los hogares para que la gente pueda tener un, una pequeña, un, un pequeño iluminación de, de quién eres, que de a poquito pueden entrar, puedas entrar en sus hogares y aprovechando estos momentos de dificultad que se arrimen a ti. Te pedimos, Señor, porque, porque nadie tenga preocupaciones que no sepan a dónde llevarlos, sino que, que las lleven todas a ti y que descarguen todas esas preocupaciones en ti, porque tú quitas todos nuestros nuestras dificultades, todos los momentos en los que nos sentimos solos y perdidos, tú nos das paz. Porque esa paz la conseguimos solo por medio tuyo. Lord Jesus, thank you that no matter what we face, no matter what I face, I can look to you and find comfort and rest and hope and strength in you. Padre, Señor, te damos gracias. Te damos gracias, Jesucristo, porque toda esa paz la conseguimos en ti porque tú la traes y no hay precio que pagar, tú lo pagaste todo en la cruz. Entonces te damos gracias por, uh, por quitarnos esa carga. En el nombre de Jesucristo te pedimos. Amén.